Thanks for tuning in to the Glossy Podcast. I'm your host, Jill Manoff, and today I sit down with one of those rare multi-hyphenates, Amanda Steele. She's a fashion brand founder, influential creator, and actress, most recently starring in Paradise City on Amazon Prime. As she spent more than 10 years creating content for social channels, including YouTube, I wanted to ask Amanda how influencer marketing has changed over the years, plus why she chose to launch a fashion brand after becoming known for her beauty expertise as Makeup by Mandy 24. <laughs> hey, Amanda, welcome. Hi, how are you? So talk to me. Oh my gosh, you are a, you're not old, let's say, to say that you've been creating <laughs> content for 10 years. How old were you when you started that YouTube channel? I started my YouTube channel when I was 10, so it's been loud. 12 years. I feel like that's so interesting because, I mean, that was, of course, a long time ago, influencer marketing or even just YouTube was not what it was today. Tell me about the value of, I guess, getting in early. We're hearing that all the time, especially on TikTok, where those pl players that got in so early really have an advantage. Um, how, how do you see that? Yeah, I definitely think that most of my success came from me doing it so early. So I can definitely say that that's real and I credit that for sure. Um, I think just when it gets overly saturated, whatever platform you're using, it's just really hard to get your content seen. So getting in early for sure helps, um, helps out. But I think it really just comes down to the quality of your content, like what you're really offering. You don't have to think like, oh, I, I shouldn't start now because it's too late. Like there's too many people. How are they going to notice me? Just as long as you have a purpose and you have, you know, great content, you should be successful. Did you know to be so focused and to really like hone in on beauty and makeup and um, one space? I just know I have a 10-year-old niece. She's all over the place and would love to be like have her own YouTube channel. It wouldn't be professional, that's for sure. <laughs> Did you know to kind of really like keep it focused. Your focus was makeup from the get-go. Yeah. How did your channel evolve? Um, well, I guess it was it was just me as a fan. So I, all of my content has come from what I like at the time, what I'm interested in. So when I started my channel, I always wanted to be a fashion designer. So I was watching fashion hauls, lookbooks. So that's like what got me into YouTube. But then once I got to YouTube a fashion haul leads to a makeup tutorial. And now I'm obsessed with makeup, this whole new world. So I kind of like paused a bit on the fashion content and like really dove into makeup because it was new and exciting to me and I was learning. And there was so many like products to try and like discuss rather than, you know, this is what I wore today. I got this top. This is the same jeans I wear three times a week or something, you know? <laughs> totally. Well, talk to me about the evolution um, of launching your own brand. Let's first start with your own brand, Steel, um, which is so fun. I know that in your Instagram profile, it says model off-duty style, which again, even the modeling industry has evolved so much in the last year and a half. What's model off-duty style? Model off-duty style, I think it is just chic, but casual in a way. Um, I just picture obviously my brand. That's why we use that kind of line. But, you know, like leather pants, you know, so it's like edgy and sophisticated, but it's also a pretty simple concept. Blazers with baggy jeans, um, just really like refined, luxurious looking pieces that um, are more minimal minimalistic. Like it's not super trendy, 
but kind of like you can go walk into a business meeting or you can go out with your friends or you can just be getting brunch, like all of the same outfit. Totally. Did you reach out to partners? Did you concept this idea? Did somebody approach you? How did this brand come to be? And did you know who made sense to link with to get it off the ground? I knew I wanted to be a fashion designer and have my own brand like since I started my YouTube channel. So at 13, when I got signed um, to my manager, we discussed like, this is our one goal. We want to have clothing line. And I was always assuming it would be in partnership with another brand or store. And it would just be like Amanda Steele collection. But that opportunity really never came. And it had just been years. (laughs) And I literally had so many friends that were making clothes themselves. Just, you know, like they were going to school for fashion design. They were just putting in all the work. I saw it in front of my face. Like if I want to make clothes, I can do this. So I had some help from my friends that were in fashion school. I created a deck. Um, My manager found a manufacturing company. It's called Instaco. We met with them. I showed them everything. I had like basically my full collection already made to prove that, you know, I'm going to do this. Like it's right here, making it as easy as possible for them to like take on my brand. Um, Three years about of contract back and forth. And finally, we started Steel. Did you take your followers along for that ride to see you? These are my, this is what I'm designing. This is what I feel like that would be so valuable to them and they'd be into it. Yeah, I definitely have some great videos on my channel um, surrounding like the launch of my brand. Uh, the one I titled The Making of Steel, like that was a really passionate video of mine where I walked everyone through the process. I definitely wish I followed more behind the scenes steps for it to be created because uh, I think that would be really cool to show people. A lot of people have questions on, you know, how to get started, how they can have their own brands. So I think in the future, I would like to make some sort of series or videos like that. Yes. If somebody came to you, um, one of your followers, how do you how do you launch a brand? How do you how do you do this? If you had to sum it up, like, I don't know, secrets of the trade, what did you learn through the process? I think that what I've learned in this just industry overall, people are more likely to help you if like you're putting in the work. So I made mistakes when I was younger, meeting with brands, not really knowing the business very well, where I'd be like, oh, like I'm here, just, you know, kind of like make things happen for me, which is not the case. So now that I'm a little bit older, I understand, you know, I put in all the work designing the first collection. Um, I had like, what is it called? I don't even know what it's called because I didn't go to fashion school. But it basically, if I were to hand this stack of paper into a manufacturer, they would just be able to make the clothes how I want. So right. definitely number one tip is just like work hard, research, be prepared. That way, like, why would someone not want to help you out if like you're literally like, it's all done. You don't have to do that much. <laughs> yes. And you have this built in community, which my gosh, I would think that any, I don't know. Uh, brand found owner that would maybe give you the opportunity would see that as so valuable as well. Um, how much do you, I guess, lean on your followers to, yeah, to support the brand? Is it does it go beyond that that following? I think it definitely does go beyond the following, and that's what I want for the brand. I don't want it to be, you know, that would kind of be more like merch if it was like solely like my fan base that I depended on making clothes for. 
Um, I just want to make clothes for cool people, like everyone, you know, anyone that gets it, likes it. Um, but it definitely helped having the following. I think, you know, I wouldn't have had as much opportunity to partner with my manufacturing company if I didn't have the following behind. Um, and the fact that they invested in it, you know, that definitely um, helped. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. So they're investing. Who are the investors? Are you supporting this self-funded beyond beyond those those guys? Um, no, Instaco. So the brand I work with or the company I work yep. with, they have a whole team of people. So basically, if I were to step away from steel for uh, whatever happens, I decide that I don't want to do it or something. I don't know. They would still be able to make the brand go. Like they do everything. Yep. Um, which is really great to have like a solid team because you need that. It's a lot of work and you need people that know different things that are like experts in their one role. So that's really great to have them, but I am super passionate and I want to be as involved as possible. So, you know, I definitely do what I can there. Yes. Is it only sold on your own website now? Are you looking for wholesale uh, partners? We have done some wholesale for little boutiques, um, some online stores, just like smaller boutiques, which I think is really cool. I definitely would love to expand that because I would love to walk in a store and see my clothes there and just know that, you know, someone could not know who I am at all and they can walk in a store and see my clothes and be like, this is cute and buy it. Completely not knowing anything about um, who I am online. Which, yeah, that would be really awesome. But we're definitely working <laughs> to get there. It takes a lot of learning and adjusting and growing for a clothing brand, at least. That's what I've learned. It's been over two years now, and it's still every day we're trying to improve and, like, get farther and do the next best thing for us. Yes. Are you able to be as hands-on as you once were? Maybe when you designed the original collection, um, are you still – you're designing the collections. Maybe they're seasonal. Um, yeah, tell me about your role and as you are doing so many things, how you're able to pull that off. Yeah. Um, so my clothing brand is my biggest dream. So I'm definitely really focused on it right now to just build it and make it the best it can be. But with that, um, so it takes up a lot of my time, obviously, um, yes. to, to do this and to do it well. I want to be so involved. I want it to consume my life. So that doesn't really give me a lot of time to do all the other things. And like, the things that make me money there that way I can have fun and have my brand as like a passion creative outlet. Um, so we figured out something cause I was like, this is not working out. I don't know how I can be working on this brand this whole time and then not posting for my audience. Cause those are the people that buy my clothes. So I hired a production team. I actually got my business partners to cover that. Um, so we hired a production team that they helped me stay consistent on YouTube and yeah, I mean, I try to just insert myself wherever I can and be as involved. I kind of lost a little bit of control for a minute. The team was changing around. They didn't even tell me who was being hired or fired. So it was a little bit rough. I felt out of control for a while, but now I'm like really focused and our team is getting like strong and they now understand how much um, of a role I want to have. I feel like this is happening more so than people know that um, creators who are turning out valuable or I guess quality content 
There's a whole team behind the scenes making this happen. It's not somebody being like, hey, guys, and just holding up, I don't know, a phone. Yeah. Is this, is this normal? It is definitely normal. It's more relatable and people like it better when you're not using a production team to make your content. And that's for sure. <laughs> but I found like just for our last launch that we did, it did so well. It was really amazing. Normally, we have like content shoot days where we just get a bunch of content together um, to promote the launch. And I just like didn't really like the format they were trying to set me up in. Like, oh, these are just natural Instagram posts that we want you to do but it's going to be recorded by a professional videographer and a professional photographer. So I've, for this launch, I was like, can you guys just let me just try to do this one on my own? Like, just trust me a bit. So we didn't do that. And it was the most natural thing. I just sat on my floor and filmed a try on TikTok haul. Like, yep. it, it was so natural. So that worked out a lot better for me. So it's a little bit of both. Like I do need to have full production for my YouTube channel because that takes so much work that I don't have time to do. But if I'm posting and promoting my brand, being as natural and just relaxed and organic as possible does the best. That very much mirrors what I've heard from other influencers. Of, or, do you like the word creator? What's your choice term there? <laughs> um, I don't. I don't mind influencer. I think it just is a okay, fact great. of like what people would describe me as. Um, it's yeah. just a, it's just a term, so I'm okay with that. Totally okay, good. Not offending anyone, <laughs> but um, <laughs> in terms of um, what they've told me about uh, working with brands, like almost if you have a lot of direction or input from the brand, it feels so unnatural. Whereas if you know if you're want to support a product or promote a product because you believe in it, um, if a brand just lets you kind of do your thing, that's what. I don't know, makes the day. Um, would you agree with that? And also, what brands are worthy of your time today? What kind of brands do you want to support? Okay. Um, so first, yeah, I definitely agree. The When the requirements from a brand for a video are just insane, like they're not very easy to work with. It's as if they're not really trusting you. It's like the brands just need to know, like we are, this is our part of our job. You know, like we're the ones that know what our audience wants. We know how to put your product in here in the most natural way. So you got to just trust us. That's why you hired us. So that gets frustrating for sure because, you know, so many of the negative comments I get on my YouTube videos are like, oh, it's sponsored, sponsored. I'm like, sorry. Like they're just asking for so much. Um, but the ones that are like super natural, I did a Zara beauty video and they literally had no notes when I sent in my video. They didn't tell me to do anything. They just sent the products and they said, hey, we like this other video you did. Can you just do a makeup tutorial like with our brand? I just filmed my first impressions trying out their products. They said, we love it. And I uploaded it. So that's an example right of a brand that is that was good to work with for sure. Zara is worthy of your time. I would think so. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, any brands recently approached you were meh. I'm sure this happens all the time. That's not my style or that's not, yeah. Right now, I feel like I most offers I've been getting are in line with what I do. It makes sense. So I've been lucky with that. But, you know, for example, I, I got one where it was like a good budget that they had, but it just it just did not make sense. It just, it, I didn't feel comfortable with it. It was like, like snap-on veneers. Like anyone can just buy and like just put over your teeth. I'm like, it's kind of in the in the world, 
of what I do, but I just, I, I don't, I wouldn't do that. So I can't be doing a video about it. <laughs> Ooh, I'm intrigued. I had not heard of that. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so funny. So tell me, gosh, at what point is gifting? Like that is not, if an influencer at this level, you'll, you won't post for a gift. You, you are a paid influencer. Yeah. I think it depends on what the brand is and what they're sending me. So if I reach out to a brand and I want them to send me stuff, then like I'm posting, like I have to, that's, I think that's just, yes. that's just the rule to anyone that asked for <laughs> clothes or ask for product. Um, and the brand is kind enough to send it to you. You like, you kind of owe them, you know, you didn't sign a contract or anything, yeah. but come on, you just got to be like a, a decent person. <laughs> um, but if brands are asking me to send stuff, you know, whatever, if I wear it, if I think it's really cool and I love it, I will tag them. Um, yes. Yeah. That's, that's basically it. But if sometimes there's brands that will like send you stuff. I'm like, I don't even know how you have my address. Uh, Cause I guess brands and like PR companies like have like a list of like influencers and stuff. So it could get like sent around a little bit. Um, and when I get stuff that I didn't ask for, I'm just like, I feel bad because I, I'm, I feel bad that I'm just wasting their you know, their product because I might not use it. I probably won't post it, but this is not the case for everything, but just, you know, certain things that I am not a huge fan of. We're going to take a quick break. Stay with us. Well, tell me about how um, your, first of all, influencer marketing, your work with brands, did that change since the start of the pandemic, March, 2020? Uh, what were the kind of the ebbs and flows of, of the demand you were seeing? Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I haven't I haven't thought about that. I always think of, you know, what brands I'm working with and opportunities I have based on what I'm doing like personally, N not quite like what's going on outside, which I honestly should, but um, you know, it's like how much work I put in, how much content I'm making, that's going to affect what brands are reaching out to me and like want to work with me. Um but I definitely saw a decline in like luxury brand deals from the pandemic just because they weren't doing them. You know, I, I worked on a, a lot of um, cool campaigns like a L'Oreal campaign, for example, which is like they're based in Paris and they just handle business differently. They take like a lot more time to get something made and done and so I think when it's the pandemic and it was locked down, I think that now we're starting to see these like luxury brands again, start to work with influencers and do more campaigns, but definitely that's what I saw like a decline in or a change in. You mentioned that um, depending on what you're doing, you maybe see a uh, different, uh, I guess, trends in terms of your demand. When, when you're in a hot show like... Um, Paradise City and uh, your name's out there more. You see <laughs> more of those offers coming your way. Is that how it works? Yeah, I would say so. I filmed Paradise City so long ago. I was like 18 or 19. It took a while to come out. It just now came out a few months ago. And then I forget about the fact that people are still just discovering it and still just watching it for the first time. So you know, I'm definitely noticing like kind of like a rise in like opportunities and um, deals I'm being offered. 
And I just am like, oh, it's because I've been working really hard. Like, it's finally coming to me. But it's like, it's a combination of everything. It's like that I am doing the work, making the content. And, you know, I just had a show come out. Yes. Well, what's an ideal partnership for you? What what does it all look like? <laughs> it's hard to, like, it's hard to say specifically because it's also new that each experience like I've had is like kind of new and different. Everyone's trying to figure it out. It's not like we know what kind of deals like traditional celebrities get. Like it's a standard kind of deal situation you know of. Um, With us, it's different and the possibilities are endless now that we're growing so much more like in the traditional media sense, then, um, you know, brands are just trying things out. But from the past, one of my favorite um, collaborations I did was with Dior Beauty. They were amazing. I went a few places with them, um, you know, going to Cannes with Dior Beauty. And then they put me on the red carpet at the Cannes Film Festival. It was just amazing. And, you know, that was mostly like experience um, for like the trip like that. Like they weren't, they weren't paying me, but I also wasn't really required to post things. Um, but then like really what came out of that was just like one video. I did one makeup tutorial for Dior Beauty completely produced by them. Um, then they paid me for that. But other than that, like just being able to travel with them and attend like these amazing events. I really, really like things like that because it just, it's a once in a lifetime experience. Absolutely. Like, let me think about it. Let's go to Cannes. <laughs> I don't know. Definitely. Um, you mentioned uh, your, you were filming the show when you were like 18, 19. Uh, you're 22. Is that correct? And yes. tell me, like, do you feel like you, there are all of these stereotypes about Gen Z and the values that they possess? And I don't know, they like, resale clothing, and they are very uh, into sustainability. And Anyway, values, values, values. <laughs> it's a whole different world from millennials. Uh, do you think that you are like the stereotypical Gen Z-er, I guess, in terms of, uh, yeah, where, where your priorities lie? Yeah, I think from the outside, what people would see of me is that I am the like poster child for Gen Z. I, I mean, maybe not because now these younger like TikTok stars, that's like super Gen z vibes and I don't completely relate to them because it's different you know what we think of Gen Zers it's like they they have TikTok and they have the short form content that's all they know they always had a phone they always had social media um where when I started like it was OG YouTube like we just had YouTube like I remember Twitter being made Um, it just, it is a different world that I have lived and I grew up in like online that would make me not completely resonate with Gen Z a hundred percent. Uh, but I definitely think the values that I have of, you know, chase your goals and anything can happen. Um, put yourself out there online, talk about your passions. You know, I kind of have the job that a lot of Gen Zers now like say that they want to have when they grow up. Yes. Are there any walls, I guess? Do you put it all out there? I see people on TikTok where I'm like, oh, gosh, I don't know if I would say that about myself. (laughs) I don't know if I want want people to know all of this. But anyway, are you all out there, would you say? I 
Definitely, like, on TikTok, I share a lot more than I normally do. And I do share a lot. I don't like to hide any part of myself, you know? I like to be transparent. But I also do want to maintain, like, the image I want for myself. So, you know, I'm not perfect all the time. um, And I'm okay with showing me not being perfect. But I also don't want to, like, put my flaws, like, completely on blast. I don't think that would be... Um, in my best interest. <laughs> it might get a lot of like likes and views um, at the moment, but I, I like to maintain like a a solid, a role model in a way, because a lot of girls grew up watching me. So I was always kind of a role model vibe. I like to keep that, but also like you can have fun and you can tell stories about like a crazy night out or um, going on a date with this guy but like still be sophisticated and respectable and hardworking and smart and all those things. Totally. Well, a lot of uh, YouTube, I guess, OG folks. Anyway, there's a lot of drama happening on YouTube. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are these feuds I'm hearing about. Have you been caught up in that? And what do you make of all of that? I have to admit that I watch these like podcast drama videos on YouTube all the time. As I'm getting ready, like every morning, I love it. I eat it all up, but I definitely don't want to be a part of it. And I'm proud of myself for staying out of it. There's like parts of me at times where I'm like, you know, the part that like, oh, they're growing so fast because of this drama. But like, I just really don't ever want to sacrifice my morals and, um, you know, my future and opportunity by temporary attention. So... Yeah, I like to definitely stay out of that, but I like to watch it and listen to it and follow it. (laughs) Yeah, well, speaking of, I guess, drama, scandal, (laughs) that area, I know that also, you know, but working with brands, um, I feel like there have been some kind of cautionary tales lately in terms of maybe a brand does something wrong and the influencers associated with it get you know, get, get linked and maybe, um, they get a lot of backlash, but on the other side also, you know, an influencer does something, um, that's not cool. And the brand that that's working with them gets also mm-hmm. <laughs> called out. Um, yeah. Are you approaching things differently nowadays in terms of, um, I don't know, really monitoring who you're working with, uh, doing a little bit of more of a research investigating. How would you describe that shift? I think just from my experience for doing this for so long and, you know, I was in meetings trying to create deals with brands when I was 13 um, about this whole space. So I've been doing it for a long time. I think now I can tell when a brand is like shady or a brand will be good to work with or, you know, if I take this deal, is this going to look bad for me? Just from my experience, I can kind of like pick that out. I can tell like what people are going to be like good business partners. That makes perfect sense. Well, you've got a huge following. Let's see. Uh, I, I've tallied the numbers here. <laughs> but like about two and a half million on Instagram, same mm-hmm. on YouTube. Uh, I mean, impressive on TikTok, almost a million, which I mean, I <laughs> I would love to hear the importance of being active on TikTok, but also growing a following on, oh, I would say on Twitter, but also a growing following mm-hmm. on TikTok. Um, tell me about the importance of, do you see that as like, where everything is headed, um, this short form video content. Are you putting more effort into growing that following on TikTok? I think the short form content is not going anywhere. It's only going to get bigger. YouTube will always be there. 
I always remind myself of this. Like, I still love YouTube no matter what, but I'm so guilty of like being way more into just scrolling on TikTok for hours than to sit and watch like one 20 minute YouTube video. Like my attention span is not there. Um, but I do like to listen to podcasts as I'm getting ready or watch YouTube videos when I'm getting ready, like more relaxed vibes. Uh, but TikTok is just where like our brains are at right now. Just the short form content. But now we have reels and we can do it on Instagram too. I love how easy it is. And it's not that serious when you make short form content. So I can do a makeup tutorial where I'm just like, I'm just press record and I'm doing my makeup for you guys. Why not chop it up, make it into a reel or a TikTok? That has like so much less pressure than like fully sitting down, uploading my YouTube video for the week and like, hey guys, it's Amanda. Today I'm doing a makeup tutorial and it's like all this work put into it. The TikToks are quicker and they get shared a lot more. People want to watch it more. I am able to like reach bigger audiences with the short form content. So I definitely nice. put some time and effort into that. That makes perfect sense. Well, I love that you launched a fashion brand because I'm a fashion girl. But tell me about any interest in launching a beauty brand, uh, I guess, counterpart to that. I definitely have interest in doing beauty because I always, I still love beauty. Um, and people say to me sometimes like, oh my gosh, I forgot you were Makeup by Made 24. Like whenever I do crazy glam, they're like, why did I forget that that's like who you are, what you do? Um, I just had been able to do beauty collections with people before. So I did one with ColourPop. I did one with BH Cosmetics. So that's something that I've, I've done and I've tried out. I would definitely like to do my own like steel beauty brand. Um, but I felt like I had a lot more to offer to the fashion world. And that was always my main goal from the beginning to have a clothing brand. Yeah. Were those collaborations both? I think that you did one on the fashion side as well with sunglasses. Um, and yeah, and with beauty brands as well. Was that kind of training wheels for your own brand? Um, did you learn? Was it anything like having your own brand, I guess, a collaboration? Honestly, no, but I probably thought it was going to be similar. <laughs> you know, the <laughs> amount of things I've learned from starting my brand that I didn't know before uh, is insane. So I wouldn't say that they are that similar, but it, I guess it was it was a way for me to feel confident to start this one because I have seen people put together collections and people do all the back end stuff. You know, for the makeup collections or the sunglass line, that was me just being the creative and then they make the product. And, you know, in a way, that's what I do now too. I get to do all the creative direction and designing for my clothing brand and, you know, the other side of my team makes it all happen. Well, what is it going to take to get your brand to the next level? Is it about category expansion? You mentioned baby beauty. Um, what are you looking to do here? I just am always trying to level up in any way possible with the quality and the overall aesthetic of the brand. I definitely want to make it more concrete. Like you look at a piece of clothing and you're like, oh, that's so steel. Like that's like steel vibes. That's something I definitely want to do. Um, I want to make sure that the clothes are, you know, being made quicker, to be honest, um, so I can release more things, but also better quality and just like perfect and refine things to make it more luxurious. 
Um, but I also really want to do some collaborations within my brand. So like Steel X, um, a sunglass brand, you know, some sort of collaborations yeah. like that and just getting other creatives involved in other cool brands that I love to collab with me. I think that's what is really going to elevate the brand. Right on. Any specific goals for 2021? I think that since I had my show, Paradise City, come out, I've been starting to see more acting opportunities come up for me. I kind of assumed that. I kind of took a break from acting, and I was like, I'm going to get back into auditioning once this show comes out, because it's going to be a little bit easier for me to book something else after that. So I definitely had a huge goal this year of, you know, booking something even more major that really solidifies me as an actress. Yes. Do you see any sort of, it's funny, we we have these kind of lists about like Gen Z folks to to know and things like that. Um, We always like for a long time, we would like almost put a line between like, these are traditional celebrities. These are influencers, I mm. guess, platform native celebrities, we would say or something. Anyway, is there any sort of line these days? How do you see it? I really am not seeing a line too much, but I think it's more of a spectrum. I think that's good because, you know, if there's someone that is super Gen Z, trendy, um, viral TikToker, then that is going to be seen very strongly as a social media influencer celebrity versus traditional, like an actress that maybe posts on Instagram once a year, you know? But then there's like, you know, along the spectrum where I think I kind of am starting to fall in the middle there where, um, you know, like I, it's what I do. Social media is what I do. You can't deny that. It's my job <laughs> and it's how I got here. But I have worked on so many traditional sets and with traditional brands that, you know, I know that world too. And same with actresses that don't want to post on Instagram because it's not part of their art or, you know, their world. They're having to now. Like, if you want to book something, you have to have an Instagram because they want you to post about it. They want you to post about it, especially if you have a lot of followers, which would help you get booked. And it's just everything is colliding. Right on. Well, you're in a happy place. <laughs> she yeah. does it all, folks. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Amanda, thanks so much for being here. This was awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. That's all for this episode. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. Be sure to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to the Glossy Podcast. See you next week.